Well, the one thing we know, the NBA is a roller coaster, but the NFL, I feel like the NFL, it's a little, I'm a little more comfortable betting on the NFL because you don't go through the emotional roller coaster every single quarter like you do. But we bring on Lawrence Holmes, 670 to score in Chicago. And the Bears, to me, Lawrence, it kind of feels a little bit like this is its own level of a roller coaster. I'm looking at them right now, and I see a team that is kind of starting to turn it around at the right time. Do you see it the same way, or is it just kind of the up and down that we've been getting the entire year with this team? Well, I don't think it's a mistake that what you've seen since Montez Sweat was added to this team is a team that is very strong defensively, and there you see them go from being kind of an okay defense to right now they're top five defense with Montez Sweat. They've been getting the ball out. They've been intercepting guys, and that helps that Jared Goff, for some reason, he cannot solve the Bears for, for the last two games. Like he is that they've played against each other, he keeps giving them the ball. But that defense has been top notch, and since Justin Fields has come back, the offense has shown some signs of improving. So yeah, I I think that this this version of the Bears is much better than the version that started the season with the losing streak and extending the losing streak into from last season. They're 5-4 and four in their last nine. You talk about uh, Montez Sweat coming here. I was listening to him on Twitter. There was a clip really praising the culture and Matt Eberflus. And I think there's been this groundswell about firing Eberflus. And I think you see the defense turn around. You see Montez Sweat say, no, it's not the same type of culture as it was in Washington where we just wanted to get through the season. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. It's terrible. We all know it. Where, it's awful in Washington. <laughs> how does this turnaround correlate with Eberflus's job security? Well, I don't think that just culture is going to allow him to keep his job, Trista. I think that if he wants to keep his job, he better keep winning games. And remember, before we start giving the Bears credit for culture change, remember, the the D.C. of this team had to be relieved of his duties because he might have been a nasty man. The running backs coach had to be relieved of his duties because he might have been a nasty man. So <laughs> that's not a great culture, although there are the folks around the Bears that will tell you that it makes them a great culture that they saw some bad stuff happening and they removed it from the situation. What you'd love to see the Bears become is a winning culture, and that's something that they're still not doing yet consistently enough. This is a big challenge for them this week against Cleveland. It's a real team with a good defense, and and if, if they win that game, like Bears fans, they just need, Ryan knows, like they just need a little taste, and they got it. They got a little taste this past week, and that now if they beat Cleveland, this place will be up for grabs. Because we joke about it on our show all the time that all the Bears need to do to be successful this season is find themselves in the in the hunt graphic at the end of the season. And they're yeah. so close to that being the case. Yeah, that's all that matters. But I think they're in a good situation, too, because they have a ton of cap space. You know, uh, like you said, they're a top 10 run defense. They're figuring the secondary out. But they're also in a good position where you could win some games, you could be in the hunt, maybe even sneak into the playoffs because the NFC is not really all that great. And they still are going to have the number one overall pick because Carolina is such a disaster. So that's my question, though, because, like, you know, week three, week four, I'm getting text messages from my family, and it's like, Justin Fields can't play. I'm a big Justin Fields guy, but if you could draft Caleb Williams or you could draft Drake May, 
You know, like, what do you do in this situation? Obviously, there's a couple more weeks to evaluate Justin Fields, but if you had to make that decision today, what do you think that they would do? You know, is it like Marvin Harrison at number one or a pass rusher, or is it one of these quarterbacks? Well, as it stands right now, they're they're looking at, uh, you know, a, a couple top ten picks. With one, and right now I think it's seven. I I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that he's the guy that you of the top ten picks and of the offensive players for sure. He's the one guy that I know exactly what he does, and I know exactly what he's going to be as a pro. With quarterbacks, you're playing craps like all of the time. I'm convinced that Caleb Williams is my height, and I'm like a little bit over five foot nine, and I'm convinced that Caleb Williams is too. And his height has been shrinking as the years have gone on. He went from like 6'2", so I saw him listed as 6 feet and a quarter. And by the time he gets to the combine, I'm telling you he's going to be 5'10". I have questions about Drake May. The quarterback that I like is actually Jaden Daniels, but I'll leave that for for another time. I'm a big fan of Justin Fields, too. And I'm stuck because I see it. It's the same thing how I feel about Jordan Love a little bit, where I watch Jordan Love and I go, oh, I get why LaFleur likes him. And then he does something stupid. It's, it's kind of similar with Justin Fields, where you go, oh, only two other quarterbacks in the league can make that play on the goal line where he spins out of two tackles and runs for 33 yards. Or they hit the big play a la Aaron Rodgers style, where they draw Detroit offside and then go deep. He has all the tools, and on top of it, he's like a really good kid. Like This is the type of guy that if everything started to straighten out on the field, he would have Chicago eating out of his hands. It's just a matter of him being more consistent, a little bit more consistent from the pocket. But I went on a whole diatribe today on the radio show about how we need to start looking at quarterbacks differently because now we're kind of midway through that group of, of quarterbacks that started out running spread. And you know, the, all those kids that were running spread in high school 10 years ago, they've now like ascended to the NFL, and the coaching hasn't really changed. So they're not getting as many reps in the pocket or more difficult, complex reading systems than what they were doing in college. Now you have to step that up when you're playing against pro defenses and it, I think it takes some time and and I'm not sure that anyone wants to give anyone time you got to win right now because it's the NFL well and there's so many teams that need a quarterback so you get Carolina's pick at number one do we see another scenario to you where Chicago trades back gets more assets gets Marvin Harrison at say two or three because there's going to be a bevy of teams that probably are going to be lining up for Caleb Williams Drake May and the like Tristy, you hit the nail on the head if they are convinced and I'm not sure that they are I actually think it's the opposite but if, if Justin Fields over the next four weeks convinces them, then you're talking about you can stick somebody up. That's the best position in the world to be in, is to have the number one pick and not need a quarterback. And if the Bears can walk into this year's draft that way, oh my goodness, the type of things that, that you could get with that, and you would only have to move one spot or two. And even like, let's say you move to three you could still get Marvin Harrison because it's probably going to be quarterback, quarterback. 
That's probably how the draft is going to go. So to me, that's the, the best scenario for the Bears. If you can make sure that you have the guy that you want, if Justin Fields is that dude, if he and Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, can get on the same page, then you can ransom the number one pick. And you can turn that into players that are going to help Justin Fields immediately. Trista, how good would a Bears offense with DJ Moore on one side and Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side look? That looks pretty deadly to me. Potent. Potent. Talking to Lawrence Holmes, Bet MGM tonight. I, I, I thought you were going to – I thought it, it was more potent? to than potent. potent. Just one word answer, which sometimes that, it gets straight to the point. It's funny, though, thinking about that. Like, I mean, Chicago is in – I mean, God, that that's how you do a rebuild, and you turn things around so quick with an organization. It's just getting all those assets. Although, as we know, you got to have those – the talent in the front office to identify the right players to draft and do all that. We've obviously seen both. But let's look at this weekend now coming up. The Bears are okay. three-point dogs heading to Cleveland this weekend, Lawrence. And I, They're going to win the, outright, let me Lawrence. T- I, I'm kind of I'm actually I'm torn on this game and this here's why because we know how good the Browns defense obviously is but all of a sudden Joe Flacco is like prime Joe Flacco again which is an awesome story this I mean it's been all about Elite. backup quarterbacks this year in the really like the dude had 311 yards passing and three touchdowns it was unbelievable but at the same time we see a Bears team that again like I said I, I feel like they're actually trending up now Justin Fields is allowed to be a little bit more of himself which in the end is probably the best for this team what does Chicago need to do to go into Cleveland this weekend and win that game they cannot turn the ball over and Justin Fields has not been doing that lately that's really good if you look to his touchdown interception ratio it's been terrific this season and especially since he's he's come back they've got to play the same level of high intensity defense that they've been playing Jaquan Brisker team strong safety at 17 tackles and a forced fumble and these weren't oh you're getting gashed in your strong safety is having to, to make plays 20 yards down the field. No, 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 no. This is a, a, a dude that is ready, and he, he gets to the line of scrimmage and he makes plays. So if they can do that, I I suspect that they won't do a ton of blitzing, and and it does hurt that Yannick Ngakwe is now out for the season. He was leading the team. He was second in, on the team in quarterback pressures, and he was starting to really work well with Montez Sweat on the other side. They've got to create pressure on Joe Flacco with four. If they end up in a situation where they're blitzing, Flacco for his entire career, older smart quarterbacks don't blitz them because they'll they'll kill you. And if you look at his numbers against the blitz and what he did against the blitz last week, I don't think that that's a really good idea. If I'm actually surprised that the number is what it is considering that the Bears are going on the road. So that's pretty much even, right? That if, if you're saying yes. it's minus three, it's yep. pretty much an even mm-hmm. even game. And considering the type of talent that that Cleveland has on their offense and, and what they do defensively, I'm a little bit surprised. But if the Bears don't turn the ball over, I think that they've got a decent shot. Lawrence, when do you think the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs, and the Chicago White Sox will start acting like uh, big market teams? Now, with the Cubs, uh, I didn't really expect to sign Otani, but... Like, you give Craig Council all that money. I think this team that he's going to manage next season might be worse than the team that they had last season. And then with the Bulls, it's just a mess. I mean, they're 9-16. and 16. They shut down Zach Levine for the next couple of weeks. Uh, like, who do you think has a better future? Who do you trust more to turn that thing around? And then I'll ask about the Sox because I know you love them. I, I trust the Cubs more to make a move and, and, try, and try and do something 
Um, the folks at the station got a big kick out of. I said on the air that the Cubs are in a position to bully these hoes uh, in their division, <laughs> and I and I agree with that assessment. They should be, yeah. <laughs> and they should be. I think that they were in on Otani. I, I think it just came down to preference, honestly. Like he just wanted to be a Dodger. But they need to do something significant in the trade market. I'd love to see them get Bellinger back. The crazy part, and it's something that I'm like monitoring, you know, if I decide to go get a PhD, it's one of the things that I, I would work a thesis on. I think the Cubs, because like the Dodgers and like the Yankees, have their own cable network and they're not reliant on Diamond Sports, I think that they're in the best one of the best positions in baseball to take away some salary from teams that aren't getting it from their, their local revenue with their cable deal. This These next two years should be the years where the Cubs strike. And I think that's what the Craig Council move was. They didn't hate David Ross. They really liked David Ross, but they didn't think that David Ross was a championship manager. The, the only significant move that you make is hiring a manager. That can't be it. He's worth a couple of wins, no doubt about it, because he's really good. You got to do more. You got to bring yeah. back. You, they got to find a third baseman and a first baseman. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot because it, they left a lot of home runs on the table last year. Lawrence, we got about 30 seconds. Do you think that Zach Levine is as banged up as he really is? <laughs> or do you think this is just keeping him on ice for a trade? Initially, I was kind of like skeptical on it. But once he started talking about getting that PRP treatment, I was oh. like, ah, you know what? That that's probably you probably don't make something like that up. I think that the timing of it was great, and I think he could probably be back a little earlier if you wanted to push him. But why push him? They like the way that they're playing basketball now much better than they did when Zach was a hundred percent healthy. No yeah, doubt. it's if they've turned this thing around very very Four quickly without him. I know Zach it's wild. Up. Kobe White, love I love watching now. He's getting He's great. buckets. Lawrence Holmes, six seventy the score. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Oh, you guys are the best. Talk to you soon. Appreciate yeah. you. I mean, even last night, Kobe White hit like a 30-foot, just pulled up from like 30 feet out and hit a three. Ball I was like, dude, wow, where'd this come from? It's great to see. Yeah. You know what? Maybe your Bulls are a playoff team after all, Ryan. Probably not. Yeah, okay, probably not. Who wins the NFC South? We'll look at that next. Bet MGM tonight.